Hey, hey, welcome back to Falling Out. This is Elgin Straight, and I'm glad you're here with me. This is Season 3, Episode 12, Part 2 with Teresa Sukahara. And I hope you listened to Part 1 with Teresa. It was an incredibly moving conversation, and you're missing out if you haven't listened to that before listening to this. We left the end of Part 1 with Teresa talking about the group child care facilities that she witnessed. And by her estimation, a single one of those facilities held 50 to 70 babies that had been ripped from their families to serve the ego of Moon and his family. And in this episode, we get to hear about how the rest of Teresa's life unfolded after that. We get a look at the sushi business in all of its corruption And I have to say there was one moment where I was considering naming this episode the International Association of Titty Bar Owners for World Peace. And you'll know why when you listen to the sushi section of this episode. But I think that title, as funny as it may have been, doesn't really capture the essence of this episode. I think this episode is really about Teresa taking an honest look at what she lost in her time in the church, but also what she has to look forward to now that she's left and she can make that honest account. And as you'll hear, she's got a lot to look forward to. Not going to say much more than that. I'm going to roll the tape and I hope you enjoy this one. Please stick around for the outro for some updates on the show. Talk to you then. Peace. You know, after all that time. What was the deal? So I'm kind of curious about the sushi restaurants. I know like the the sushi distribution business, but what, how were the restaurants related, related to that? So they, they, it's all connected. So they would, with the sushi restaurant. So my husband was the owner on all of them. His name was everywhere. Right. And so he, they would open these restaurants bring these Japanese women from Japan work them to the bone and not paid a penny Hmm. and the same sushi they would get from true worlds or whatever you know but these are supposed to be there was a lot of restaurants too in that whole area we had a lot of restaurants so they were like they they owned the distribution business and they owned the retail outlets basically Mm -hmm. and they, I guess they were profiting at every mm-hmm. stage in the chain without paying the employees. Anything. Yeah, not paying the employees at the distributor or the yeah. or that or the retail outlets. Wow. Yeah. So we we're in Texas, and then yeah, so that was like my husband just he was glad to be in Texas because he hated the leadership in the Bay Area with mm-hmm. the fish business. He was so controlled by them, and they would take him out. I mean, these are talking about high level leaders they which caused issues obviously with my husband they would take him out to these topless bars like all the time the church leaders yes the unification church leaders the, yes. Korean, the korean and japanese yes. unification church leaders yes. were going to going to strip clubs yes all the time 
And that's the <laughs> using the money that, that you yes. fucking broke your leg for. Oh, but we, yeah, exactly. Jesus Christ. God. And <laughs> other kids have died yeah. for that. So these motherfuckers could go to strip clubs. Yeah. And then tell tell people that they're going to hell if they have a wank. Yeah, um, exactly. Fucking, so fucking stupid. So. Fucking bastards. You know. Jesus Christ. Oh, father, they would say to my husband, oh, father experiences, so we have to experience it too. I mean, so he knew it was so corrupt. And he knew like about the six Marys. He knew all of that. He tried to tell me once. I'm like, no, absolutely. That is not true. Mm. I'm like, the Messiah would not do that. <laughs> yeah. How stupid I was. <laughs> but yeah. So he was so misused in, the, in that company. And mm. when we got to Texas, then um that kind of segues into black engineering too yeah i want to talk about that um can i just ask i yeah. just i want to see if we can capture some of the dynamics about the money in the sushi in the sushi business mm-hmm. and how they were paying people so i've spoke to other people who i'm just kind of curious if this was your experience as well where they basically said that like the the church members were they had like two sets of books or something like yeah. one oh, for yeah. non-church members, one for church members. Oh, yes. Yes. Totally. Can, can you talk a little bit about that or well, you know, how just, did that work? Well, that I don't, I don't know exactly how the books would work, but in the restaurants that my husband established, mostly it was all church members, all these Japanese. Every, pretty much men, everyone working there. Everyone working there. Some outdoor members. I can't quite remember how they were paid how it was set up but it was on the records my husband was paid a lot of money yeah and which thankfully went into the social security you know oh okay. but he would not see all that money but because his name was everywhere then um and it was so illegal the way they were operating the business so illegal and these poor japanese women you know some of them had kids mm. that they never saw were they the kids were in Japan or in the U.S.? I think in Japan, some of them. Wow. Not all of them, some of them. And just awful. And they just, they were so nice. But um, uh, one tax guy who was high up in the IRS got wind of what the church was doing in the Texas area. Okay. And so we had to leave Texas in two days whoa and because they were coming to arrest my husband because his name is everywhere yeah so uh, yeah so okay and and the church i'm sure would just leave him out to dry basically well they Uh, would just leave him out to dry but the i the top i this person was paid off by colonel pock no really yep yep so he was coming after them and then colonel pock who's like one of the top dogs in the church paid him to stop yeah the investigation yep whoa okay but nonetheless but nonetheless we had to leave because before it became too crazy i had to we had to leave our apartment in two days and then we're hanging out in a hotel with three kids my son was born by this time he was like three months old hanging out a hotel in new orleans and they're like well we just need more time to relate relocate you and then that was the very first time ever in our lives that we made our own choice. We're like, no, thank you. We're going to Seattle because I'm from this area. Mm, okay. My family's from Seattle. So we're like, we're going to Seattle. Okay. This is ridiculous. Yes. Yeah. We have, three, we have three children and we're hanging out in a hotel. 
Yeah. Waiting for your stupid direction. Yeah. But yeah. Wow. But Texas was a good time in the sense that it felt like it's the first time we ever lived together, you know, basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, but wow. yeah, the, the whole business is so corrupted. So then, long story short, but then, at long years after we got to Seattle, we um, actually sued sue the church. Oh, yes. We I just wanted, this. I know, we just, all we <laughs> wanted was to get our name off get my husband's name off all the paperwork yeah that, that's our first request yeah no response from him no response we're like we just don't want any ties to the church at all take yeah. his name off Could, wouldn't do it wouldn't do it went to a lawyer in seattle the lawyer's like what <laughs> he's like you did what <laughs> and what <laughs> he basically laughed us out of the office <laughs> like what <laughs> and then I wish I could remember. I feel so bad. I can't remember his name. He's a lawyer, the wonderful Jewish lawyer who helped Nonsuk write her book. Okay. Oh, I've heard of this guy. Other people have mentioned him as well. I don't, he's I forget amazing. his name. As well. he, he's not living anymore, but he is like amazing. We gave him a call. I talked to somebody else in the church. They suggested we call him. We called him and one day he said, don't worry. I've taken care of everything. We got sued. We got some money, not a whole lot. We got about 10,000. Okay, it's better and than nothing. Better than nothing, right? Yeah. And the most best thing that came of it is they went and put padlocks in all the restaurants in Texas. Wow. Shut them down. That guy shut oh, them down. That guy, oh, did, what a legend. Okay, so he didn't just he didn't just get the, get the names off. He got them shut down. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, he showed. And he did that overnight. Did Basically, that. like so, because I knew the church yes. didn't want to deal with him. <laughs> it was like, yes. Oh, that's so good to hear. So like, I love good. hearing a story like that. There aren't yeah. many of those out there. There are God. not many of those. Yeah. But yeah. Oh man, I wish this guy was still alive. I'd love to talk. I know to him. he. Yeah, he was so amazing. He was like. He knew exactly what to do. And his, his whole life was dedicated to help people to deal with our church, to wow. get out and to, you know, that's why he helped Nonsuk. Did know. he have like a family member that was in or was he in at some point or did he have like I a personal know, I don't know his personal story because I never met him. Okay. But he must have had some connection somewhere, but he was a lawyer, but he, he worked with other cults too, but mainly the Unification Church. Yeah. Wow. But yeah, God, what a hero. God, I love yeah, he was. Anyway, yeah, wow. so the fish business is very corrupted, Elgin. Very, mm. very corrupted. They to this day it's still corrupted. I mean, they're still yeah. using people. Yeah, you know, that doesn't surprise me. And and then going deeper, I've read a few things on what do you know the moon? What yeah, how how well do you um, know your moon? Yeah. Yeah, how well do you know your moon? Um, it probably goes deeper than that because has ties with the mafia which you know the mafia does control a lot of the food industry right and in japan yeah it's just so corrupted mm. and my husband has a sibling in japan who's in the church too too to this day okay and are they are they the in the sushi brother. business over there no actually they weren't believe it or not i forget what business they were doing but okay. they his wife did books on the high level but anyway that's Okay. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Okay. Um, so yeah, I want to talk about 
you mentioned briefly earlier Black Hongjin. Yeah. Uh, okay. And I'd love to talk yeah. about your, I'd love to hear about your experiences there, but let me just kind of set the scene for people who don't know and correct okay, me if yeah, I'm wrong sure. here. Yeah, yeah. Um, but so, so Hongjin Moon was one of Moon, one of Sun Myung Moon's sons, uh, one of the youngest ones, I think. Um, and he died in a car crash in 1983, maybe 1984, something no, like that. I, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Or the early 80s and then uh and that was like a big deal in the unification church when he died um he was sort of he was kind of like became he was canonized as a saint kind of in the church right. and like his spirit in the spirit world was like meant to be doing all these acts of this that and the other um and like we had photos of him we, we had photos of in my house and probably other people's houses mm-hmm. we had photos of like moon like moon and his wife and then we had a photo of Hongjin, basically. Yeah. And we didn't have mm-hmm. any photos of any of the other siblings or yeah. anything like that. But like, so he was like really important in the sort of mm-hmm. the the lore of the Unification yeah. Church at, uh, as a result of his untimely death. Um, And then uh, a few years later, I think it was maybe 1987. Maybe you can correct me if I'm if I'm wrong here. But it, sometime again, in I think mm-hmm. in, the, in the 80s, like the, mm-hmm. the, the late mm-hmm. 80s, second half of the 80s yeah um, uh-huh. yeah there right. was a guy um from somewhere in africa i don't know the i don't know the country but a member of the unification church uh who claimed to be channeling hunjin from spirit world um mm-hmm. i remember for, for some reason i know this i know his first name is cleophas i believe mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. i don't know his last mm-hmm. name uh and he went on this tour and this is like a big deal people were like oh my god hungjin is back hungjin is mm-hmm. back in this guy's body i and he was a guy from africa and so they everyone called him black hungjin uh yeah. and that was just the thing everyone was like oh my god have you heard of black yeah. hungjin i remember being a kid and my parents would be like oh my god let's talk to you about black hungjin really like, they would say that to you wow yeah yeah it was a big deal i remember my dad telling me like oh my god you'll never believe it you know hungjin well now there's a black hungjin Wow. Um, and like it was I was just kind of old enough to for them to have that conversation with me um and then he, this guy went on this like speaking tour around the world well certainly around the U.S. probably other countries as well mm-hmm. and I think that's where your paths cross yeah mm-hmm. um yeah so I'd love to hear your side of that story yeah so we were in Texas and I was actually pregnant with my son so he was my son was born in 88 so okay yeah so maybe 87 or 88 yeah and we were told we have to go all the members in texas we all had to go to dc we have to attend this workshop this is a chance to you know repent for your sins confess your sins we're given a whole new tag in life i'm like what sins what do i have (laughs) Mm. i mean what did i do i didn't drink drugs (laughs) sex (laughs) can't say that for my husband but (laughs) and so we all went and um went down so you went to the the, the church in dc dc yep dc horrible experience from the moment we got there oh my god the violence so and i was reading this on damien anderson has a um yeah information Uh, about it yeah he's he's kind of like archived all of this stuff yeah yeah all that which is amazing so Cause I witnessed exactly what he witnessed. So we were standing in line to go. We just got there. Right. And that one brother who wife was in labor 
and he wanted to leave to go be with her. Well, they wouldn't let him leave. They chained him up in a what? chair. They chained him and they beat him with a bat. What the fuck? My husband and I both looked at each other and we're like, so, wait, so holy his, shit. His wife wasn't there. She was like, she had gone to the hospital or something to yeah, give birth okay. and he wanted to be there for the birth of his kid. And they fucking chained him up and beat him. Chained him up and beat him. And this was in a big, so I've, I like, I grew up in the DC area. I went yeah, to that DC yeah, church yeah, so many yeah. times. So I can envision the room that you're talking mm-hmm. about, the main like sanctuary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually think I was there that day, but not in the room because okay, I think, okay. I think like, wow. all, like all, all the families came, my parents were, were yeah. in the room. Uh, when that when that happened I wasn't because all the kids were like downstairs playing or something instantly yeah, yeah. I maybe I may be wrong about this I might have the date the dates wrong but I think <laughs> there's a possibility this is the this is the same day when if you listen to the the interview with Leamy Bauer this okay, might have okay. been the same day when Leamy Bauer Leamy Bauer's younger sister kicked me in the balls okay um, okay because yeah. I remember there were just so many people there at the church and it was yeah. either like a holy day um like a whole, and there were just all these kids running around completely unsupervised. And so it was either like a holy day, like, you know, God's day or, yeah. or one of those big ones where people from everywhere would come, yeah. come. Or it could have been this because it was it would have been around. I would have been around the, the right yeah. age in mm-hmm. terms of my recollection. And it could have yeah. been that exact same day okay. that this yeah. happened. Um, and yeah, so my parents would have been in the room. And there Crazy. were probably like, I don't know, a few hundred people, maybe yeah, like few 500 people least. in the room. Yeah. I don't know. Two like, to 500. That church yeah. was so overloaded. Yeah, and that's what Damien always was kept saying, but because then he would make a fuss, and then they would beat him too oh. for trying to say, "Hey, you know, you need to let this man go." You know, there's no reason for him not to go. They literally chained the door and chained him to the chair. And I remember, no one else recalls this. I remember them cutting his hair off. I'm not sure if I just imagined that or what, but we, we were like, we were like. Oh my shit! What what is this? We were and, like in shock. So who were the like? Was it was it Cleophas? And did he have like a yes. couple sort of goons with him? Yeah. Or yeah. And were they were they like Korean or Japanese leaders? The Koreans. His, his goons? Koreans. Okay. They were all Koreans. Wow. Yeah, all the Korean leaders. So anyway, this whole event went on like three days, right? And oh wow. He would, we'd have to go to these stupid ceremonies where we'd have to repent our sins, you know. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, I can't love my husband enough. That's all I basically <laughs> said, you know. I mean, so stupid. But I was still very fanatic at that time. Okay. So that's why I went with it because I was still like, I was getting less and less fanatic. Every child I had, and also my experience of putting my firstborn in a nursery, that broke me. Mm. I have to tell you, from that point on, I started slipping away mm. because that was just too hard. Yeah. That, that really broke me. And so then and at that workshop, then we're, he would like rant on the stage for hours. You could not even understand a word he said mm. on and on. It, he was mental. He, was, he had a mental illness. Yeah. And then my husband said, he said, nobody could sleep. You all have to stay up. Except for if you're pregnant, then you can take a nap. But I was still like so fanatic, still a little bit at that time. So I'm not, no, I'm, I told my husband, no, no, I'm not going to take a nap. He said, he said, 
he was calling women on the stage who were pregnant. We didn't know what it was about, but my husband said to me, go take a nap right now. Mm. You look tired. You need to go sleep. So I did. I went to take a nap. Sure enough, while that whole time I was sleeping, he had these women come up on stage. I'm not kidding you, who were pregnant and offered their babies up to another couple. I'm like, I could have almost gave my son up because I would have been stupid enough to do it. Oh, my God. And but and the pressure of being there as well. Oh, so so that's why my husband knew I would he 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 knew that I would be caught up into the energy of the moment. Yeah. We're yeah doing it, the best for our family. And that's what these women were caught up in the moment. So he knew that that would happen to me. So he like. He said, I just had an intuition to send you away. (laughs) Thank God. Yeah. And I I don't know if it's really hard for people who who haven't been in those situations to understand the, the, the like emotional and psychological intensity of that moment. So much intensity. Oh my God. The energy in that room was like, so, oh. And yeah, for a woman to go up there and say no would have been extraordinarily difficult. Very difficult almost impossible almost impossible i just wonder if anyone ever listens to this podcast or anyone out there that actually did that to offer their baby and what they feel about that because quite a few women probably at least 10 women five or six ten went up on stage i don't know if they ever went through with it or not but man it was how could like how 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 did that even happen what is a the guy the, the fact that the church even entrusted this person yeah and even though they it might have not been moon's idea still he entrusted this person and he demanded that we all go yeah so i hold him responsible for that too yeah absolutely wait sorry i just realized you said this was in 87 or 88 87 probably because well maybe beginning so my son was born in april of 88 so <sighs> i was like seven months yeah god so yeah my brother was born in january of 88 okay and my mother my mother was in that same room okay and she would have been pregnant at that time um so i I don't know what happened you need to ask her about that yeah wow jesus because i I came when i came back i said what did i miss he goes you can't believe it he was having these women who were pregnant come on the stage and offer their children, their baby. I'm like, what? Oh, so I tease my son to this day. Yeah, it could have been they my only brother. Have one son. Jesus. Yeah, could have been your brother. Jesus. I know, doesn't it? It's so emotional, isn't it? I know. So emotional. Yeah, absolutely. It could have been. Oh, yeah. Be interesting to um, ask your mom about that. Oh, sorry, Elgin, that yeah. brought up a lot, but that's, yeah, that's it did. big. Jesus. It is big. That's how much just cult impacted our lives. I mean, literally, your brother could have been offered up. Insane. Wow. Yeah. Oh, God. Wow. Yeah. I, I never, I never knew the timeline there. Yeah. Uh, and I just put that together now. 
Yeah. Uh, wow. <sighs> yeah. That I bet she was there. Yeah, I know. I know my parents were there, and I know. Yeah. That, I know that they attended those. For events. sure. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. Um, and I like I don't know why she didn't go up on the stage. Uh, I don't know. I'll have to ask. Maybe her your that. dad didn't. Yeah, or yeah, or maybe or maybe she left. Maybe maybe because she was pregnant, she had left earlier. Or or yeah, she yeah. was still like you. Maybe she wasn't. Maybe yeah. Maybe like you, she had she had left the room. Yeah, maybe maybe at that yeah. point. Yeah. Um, because there was quite a few people napping at that time in the room. That okay, we so maybe that was it. So maybe she wasn't actually in the yeah, in the room in when the they room. asked that. Yeah. God, Elgin. So yeah. Oof. Jesus. Are you um, close to your brother? Yeah. Yeah. Very. Yeah. yeah. Dang, I bet he doesn't know that story, huh? <laughs> no, no, I don't think so. I'll tell him before this gets released. Um, yeah fuck jesus yeah the things that they expected all of us to sacrifice is amazing it's like the things that we're expected to do no regard to our own lives no regard to who we are as individuals none none yeah that whole yeah that that whole paradigm of of coercing people to give their kids away is, is awful on so many levels but so but many to, levels it's so it's th- evil but that that specific one of of like not even giving them a second to think about it yes putting them on the, the spot worst. yes putting them on the spot in that that moment of yes of psychological see, and emotional makes, pressure yeah. see that that is abuse we're all yeah abused big time, big time because you know i know a lot of um, couples have decided to offer a baby and they put a lot of thought into it and yeah. I'm not going to judge it whether it's right or wrong it's their choice but to be in that psych- psychological environment where you're pressured to do that yeah it's just beyond yeah. words it's like that is a evil core of this movement mm. that they allow this kind of abuse and to take place all in the name of God. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. It, um, it was, it was big. And, and so soon after that. Yeah. Well, yeah, just to be clear, like that was like this guy, Cleophas, like he, you know, he was, first of all, he was abusing people in that manner. Second of all, he yeah. was, you know, tying them up and beating them. Yeah. I heard, I'm, I'm pretty sure someone went to the hospital. Yeah as yeah. a result of yeah. as a result of those beatings and um this is completely sanctioned by the yeah. by the church this is yeah. this is considered part yeah. of the doctrine part of the theology part of part of the program yeah. that they're advocating yeah 100% um, this is yeah yeah very very not good very and this is a this is a movement, yeah. This is what we join. I mean, without knowing all that, you know, but it's just so yeah. so bad, it's so evil from the core, yeah. I'm just yeah. so grateful that we got out before. Yeah, so let's talk about that. Yeah. Okay. I'm just so grateful that 
So we're in Seattle and it didn't take me long, a few years, but I was, we were in, but not really in. My husband was still working with the fish business and he was going to go up and do something on his own soon. Right. But my whole family's here and my family loves me so much. My mom, my dad was there, but he had Alzheimer's. So he, okay. I'm but sorry still, to hear that. all my siblings, everyone, I just was so embraced by them. It was so beautiful, Elgin. It was just like, oh. you know, coming home finally after being mm. away from everyone. Nobody held anything against me. They loved my kids. They loved me. And it was just to be surrounded with that. And not so much having give and take with the church anymore was so, so healing. And so mm. I can't owe it to my family enough. They didn't say, you guys, you still believe in that shit. They didn't, you know, we didn't go there because I was still somewhat believing. But all they did was love me. Mm. So and they, they love me and they love my kids. And, um, just so beautiful so what so grateful that we chose to come to seattle yeah. so grateful for that and you know with the love and the support of my family you know the it's like the less give and take you have in the church it's easier to leave because mm. you're finally away from the brainwashing and the you know the whole pressure to yeah. be a certain way to do a certain way you're away from that yeah and then we 100% left when um, non-suck book, like so many couples. Yeah. She saved so many people. We're already yeah. on the verge of leaving, but we still had a few feet in, you know? Yeah. And then you read her book and it's like, okay, this is, I see what this, this is. And my husband yeah. read it and he's like, oh, finally we can leave. <laughs> <laughs> I read it. I cried for three days. Oh. I felt. I because everything I did, I sacrificed my baby, yeah, for the Messiah yeah. and for to believe that he wasn't the Messiah and it was all this bad. I knew already intellectually, but emotionally, it was so hard for me. But once I did, it was like I, I had to do a lot of work on myself to get mm. me to a more peaceful place with it because I would beat myself up. Because again, it was attached to the fact that I gave up my baby. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a hard thing. That's a hard thing. I only could do something that was so difficult because I was saving the world because the Messiah said to do it. Yeah. And then you realize <laughs> that's all a bunch of bullshit. It's bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> like, I was so mad. But, how, you know. how and it must have taken a while to to get there like oh it, it, it did it, it, it did. must have taken a while to get there i just feel like these things don't happen overnight oh, it, it it takes so long it really does it just does not happen overnight but again i had the support of my family and my kids so emmy the one who i gave up mm. on that time period she was about 12 and she hated the church with a mm. passion mm. I'm not, to this day, I don't know if something happened because she was a pretty good group of friends she had within the church, but she hated either what they were teaching or something. So yeah. the last, I remember physically the last day we ever went to a church, 
in Ballard was, I had all the kids in the car. My husband didn't go, of course. He, he wasn't negative, but he just like, <laughs> um, and she goes, no, I'm not going in. I am wow. not going into that building. Wow. I'm like, okay, we're gone. We left the <laughs> beach. <laughs> I think one good thing about my personality of leaving a movement is finding myself and finding, I love life. Oh, that's so good to hear. You know, I that's... love life. I love having fun. I love going to concerts and to wineries and, I, you know, I just love, um, I raised my kids like that. We went to mm. so many parks, so many beaches. So, you know, went, took them, I don't ski or snowboard. I would take them up snowboarding, sit mm. at the lodge, <laughs> you know, because they all wanted to snowboard. I just, and I know that's what they really appreciate about me. That's and, so good. I didn't, I didn't have that in the movement. Yeah, no, they, there's no encouragement I lost that at that. all. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's, not, it's the opposite. That. It's I, I still feel like this today. It's like this idea, like this idea that like you're you're not allowed to enjoy anything exactly uh, because it's because you're not like you're, yeah. you're just not. Uh, yeah. and, and I still part of me still questions. I'm like, am I holding back in my enjoyment of X yeah, activity mm-hmm, because I mm-hmm. don't because I don't think I, sh- I should be feeling good about yeah. this. Yeah. Uh, for many go. different I'm activities. You, let yeah. it go. <laughs> enjoy. Life is out there to enjoy. It's out there yeah. to not saying it's a struggle because it is, but I really, I finally found that's, you know, I'm a Leo and I feel like I was meant to put on this earth to have fun. <laughs> <laughs> but how many, my whole youth, I didn't do that. Yeah. That was, I fundraise was... seven days a week. Yeah forever i mean i gave up all that so once i discovered that again it was like okay (laughs) (laughs) but and so i know my kids really appreciate that and so she so my oldest was 12 so the other ones they just remember going to windermere and you know Mm. they all but we have discussions about me being i'm very open with them and we talk about me being in the church and they're like you know they know that they could have been matched or blessed and i know when my oldest was about 20 something that couple couples call up oh we want to have match our son with yeah your daughter I'm like oh I don't think that's gonna happen and I have to tell you Arjun, the, <laughs> big, the most beautiful moment one of the most beautiful moments after I left was my oldest daughter falling in love on her own because oh. that was taken away from me too yeah Yes, we're, I'm still together with my husband. I love my husband. Am I in love with him? No, mm. I never will be. And he knows that. But we do, we make it work for each other because we each give each other permission to be who we are now. Mm. We've both grown as adults. And, you know, we have kids, we have grandkids together. But when my daughter, you know, fell in love, it was so awesome. Oh. That's so good to hear. So be it. it was like, oh my God. I tell people that all the time and they laugh. I'm like, I'm serious. It's like the fact that my kids found their spouses and fell in love, whether it works out or not, it doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, that you found that. Yeah, they had that experience for however long it is, long it lasts. Yeah, it, doesn't it doesn't take away from the value of that experience. It does not. God, that's, I'm just so happy to hear 
someone of your generation that has that attitude yeah because it's so different from everything it's so different we were yeah all the shit that was shuffled on us yeah yeah yeah, not to yeah that's why i feel really grateful i left early enough because i know the way you were probably raised much more strict and you know not really indulging in fun nope not you know that wasn't allowed that's not your parents fault but that wasn't allowed yeah you know that whole so i'm so grateful that i was able i'm far from perfect parent far from perfect but that i could give them that sense of life is you know out there to get Mm. so my oldest daughter has four the four grandkids and just as a mom her husband works in the tech industry so you know they're not rich but they do well enough where she doesn't have to work okay and i love those kids those grandkids are my life i tell you baseball they play baseball all the time and then my youngest daughter just got married and you know she's a teacher okay and they all live in this area and then my son who that almost gave up baby you know he's getting his phd in georgia tech now we just have to get him married and i'll be happy (laughs) (laughs) i tease him all the time and he is Oh, can you, I can't even, oh, that's going to bring tears to my eyes again, too, because I can't imagine what if I did give this precious soul. I mean, Oof. I have three daughters and I know all, every parent says their kids are so great. But Jason, he is the most caring, thoughtful person as a human being. Mm. I mean, he's like, um, he's so amazing. He, he like, he, he teaches meditation and you know, he studies in neuroscience and wow, you know, it's, it's so, it's so, and we're so close. I'm so close to my kids. It's like, we're so open with each other. Yeah. Yeah. It's so nice just seeing your kids like it's just so blossom nice. and just be, Doesn't it, you know, with your son. Yeah. When you yeah, see him even become just, these, just see Like you said, just, just seeing him, just think, think about someone else, like you just yeah. being caring and thoughtful. Yeah. Like it doesn't, you know, it, it doesn't, yeah. it's not, it's not like he's a rocket scientist. No, but like, and, just, yeah, it's, it's, whatever they do. Core, yeah. like just, oh, like that's, there's like this core of goodness. That's just so nice. Yeah, it's, and all, yeah. it's to so see, nice. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, yeah. yeah. My, just see their little personalities and, and then my second, so that brings a little, another story. Yeah. So my second daughter, Miki, she has developmental disabilities, intellectual okay. disabilities. Okay. She's 35. And um, I've set up a really good life for her. She lives independently and with some help. Yeah, that that's another whole journey. But so we didn't know she had her birth was normal. Everything was normal. Um, And she um, about kindergarten, she had had started having seizures. So she has epilepsy. They're all controlled now as an adult. But um, we started recognizing, you know, that she isn't developing to, you know. So I took her out of public school and pulled put her into private school. It took my husband so long to recognize, yes, we have a child with intellectual disabilities. Mm. And in Japan, you don't accept that. That was really hard. But what oh, the really? hardest okay. thing for me, the hardest thing for me, Elgin, is I would go to these small workshops in the church led by Mr. Kamiyama. And he would show, he, he was fanatic. That guy was such a friggin' psychopath. He would show 
pictures of babies with brains born outside their head. And he would graphically show these pictures to the very small intimate workshop. And he would say, what guarantee can I give you that your child won't be born like this unless you work really hard and make so much money? So when I left, of course, you know, I didn't believe that. But internally, this is where the, you know, takes a long time. So when we finally realized that, you know, Mickey had issues, um, I blame myself. Mm. Even though I've already left the church. Again, it comes back to I'm not enough. What didn't I do right? Which is so stupid because I had nothing to do with it. Mm. (laughs) Mickey is who she is. She's a wonderful human being, you know. But that took, again, that took, that was a journey to get to that place. But because that whole brainwashing, yeah, it just it, it hides in different areas of your body, mm-hmm. and then something happens and it brings it up, and it's mm-hmm. like, okay, got to work on that and get get rid of that one. Yeah. Wow, God, what a fucking bastard this guy Kamiyama. Wow, oh. what is so manipulative, it's awful. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So just- then. I just want to say for the, the listeners who might not be aware, this is this is a guy who was one of Moon's top lieutenants. Top, uh, he, yeah, top he, lieutenant. Like one of the top, top dogs. He handled a lot of the money and ended up going to prison with Moon uh, yep. when Moon went to prison for uh, tax evasion in the early 80s. Uh, yeah. Kamiyama went with him. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's what a journey. Wow. And... Can you can you talk a little bit about we were talking about this before we started recording um, the sort of phenomenon that you noticed in yourself of sort of getting involved with other groups after mm-hmm, you sure. after you yeah. left and sure and a lot of my friends still are doing that to this day not all of them but some mm. so when we first left I was like okay you know what do we do now and then you know financially always looking a way to make money you know my husband we still weren't making that much and financially we, we were still struggling right and um just doing different things and so we introduced into amway this is like probably six months after we really really left okay. and then introduced by that by someone oh if you sell all these products you know um you know, you, you, you be financially independent, you know, well, I'm sure with your parents, you know, financially, it's always been a struggle. It's like, yeah. we've worked really it's, hard. It's to always, get where yeah, we're at. always we, difficult we for, with her, always for difficult. most church families. It's very difficult. Yeah. 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 So luckily we own our house and we've been here for, you know, 28 years. And, huh. you know, I feel very fortunate for that. And, yeah. you know, I good at, the job I was doing, I find I didn't get, start working until I was like mid fifties. <laughs> okay. And then, yeah, well, yeah, I you did, did, did MFT and then like full time. So I used I used my MFT so. experience to work in sales. So okay, yeah, I was able to do pretty decent and help send my kids to college and okay, okay, you know, my husband started his own business, but so the attractiveness of oh, financially independent, and you know, again, that gullibleness in us, and that oh, that energy. So they even have these huge workshops, you know. It's like 
Oh, you could be like whoever was the ones who achieved because only the like top, the top people yeah, the top, the top the multi-levels are just a bad of us cult than anything. They rip people off and take yeah. their money. And so we did that for about one or two years. Lost money, didn't make a penny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so what like 99% of people in those things. Exactly. Yeah. And it had nothing to do with us that we weren't capable. It's just the yeah. set up not to make But money. let me guess, the organization told you you weren't enough. If you weren't oh, making totally, money, it was totally. on you. You're not doing enough. You're not per- doing this. You're not working hard enough. Yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> like, God. It's like, seriously, I've been down this road already. So finally, we're like, forget this. And then I went to the new age movement. Okay. A lot of that, I have to say, good came out of it. It did help me to heal. Did help me to deal with, we almost was going to get a divorce at that time. Okay. Which would have been that terrible if we did. did. Um, working through issues. But same thing. Everyone thinks the same. Yeah. You have to, if you challenge the way they think, or even with healing, if you don't heal enough, you're not good enough. You're mm-hmm. not, you're not. And in the healing world, let me tell you, I go big into it. They're not into having fun. <laughs> Everything's like so serious, you know? <laughs> And I did Reiki and I did all kinds of, which is, I still love Reiki to this day. I don't do it anymore, but I was, you know, gave myself to it. Yeah. But it's the same thing, that group mentality, like, you know, oh, we all are one. We're all together. Yeah. And then I stepped away from that. It's like, you know, Mm. that's not healthy either. And then a lot of people were searching for churches and by that time, I'm like, I don't need any organization. I have enough in my life. I have my family, my friends. I had a lot of friends. That's enough. Mm. Why? And I, I don't even know how I really believe about God. Tell you the truth about it. I'm not mm. one. I haven't really come to terms with it. And to me, it doesn't really matter. I know if God exists, it's a lot larger than anyone else is saying. You know, he doesn't care what we do on this planet as far as we are being ourselves you know mm. but a lot of people you know went to um, different churches because they felt like and there's nothing wrong with that but you know it's a natural thing it's like it's what yeah. we're going to do because without it you feel empty yeah so yeah i guess i guess that that's that's my sense is that a lot of it is sort of feeling like you still want the the structure that yes, you're, you are, st- that you're yeah. used to you're used to that structure and, but by moving to Seattle, that helped us a lot to um, just be with family more and know that value. And I just, I just have to say, I just love the person I've become because it's like, finally, after my age, I can be who I am. That's so good. And your kids must be really happy about that, oh, too. They're so happy about that. So, so happy. And we can talk openly. With my oldest daughter, it's not as open I would like, but, you know, I have to give her her space, you know, yeah. she knows how I feel. And, yeah. Um, you know, they're very fascinated. Her husband's very fascinated with like the church, like, okay. how did you join? And you it, it's, okay. it's because and in should, the work, he should listen uh, to my podcast if he wants to learn. I told more. him that. Yeah. I think he's going to start <laughs> listening to it. Yeah. I told him. He, and like, this could have been you guys, you guys, could have been, you know. Yeah, yeah that'll that'll change his they'll change his yeah he'll yeah he'll know how lucky he is very lucky <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what you guys i have to say to you eldon so grateful you, it takes a lot of courage to do what you're doing thank you 
and um, for the second, more and more, I think second generations are coming out. And I just feel mm. my heart, it just cries out for you. all of them who has had such a bad experience. You know, I think you're pretty more level in that way, but some of them, the abuse that you many have gone through is just mm. terrible. Yeah. It just makes a pain at deeper level. It's like, wow, this is how destructive it is. And yeah. know, kids who were taught that if they had sexual feelings or anything, they were bad. And yeah, that was deep. That was, that ran deep in my, in my indoctrination and all, all every kid definitely, definitely experienced it, that. Um, I mean, that, that, that's hard to let go of. That's yeah. I'm just so grateful. I left before I could just raise my kids, yeah. you know? Yeah. I, I, I don't even, I don't know if I fully let go of that. I like, I would yeah. like to think that it takes I, a while. Like rationally, I can say I have, but but yeah, these hooks, the hooks are just so so deep in you that it's it's hard to so know. Deep. Like it's it's hard to know if they're really gone. Basically, it's so deep that the hooks, like the hooks I have about offering my child, the hooks I have about not maybe feeling totally like I hear a lot of couples in the church who are still together. Oh, he's my best friend. And, you know, the hook is still in me. No, no, he's not my best friend. I love him. We get along because we let each other do what we want to do. And he doesn't drink. He doesn't smoke. Not because he's religious or rigid, but he's allergic to alcohol, you know. Okay. Um, <laughs> and I like to drink, <laughs> you know, not too much, right? But just go out and have a good time. So, but we allow ourselves to do that. Yeah. But, um, what was my point? So just the couples, yeah, just being who I am. I mean, and then again, so I feel guilty about that. That's another hook that's in mm. me still to this day. What, what, why couldn't I have done that? Why couldn't I make this better? Why couldn't I have loved my husband from the very beginning? And now I'm like, well, of course, the expectation that you should love someone that you never met before and that you should be physically attracted to that person. Why? Yeah, it's 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 madness. But the hook is still there. Yeah, it's madness. So the hook for you, yeah, it's like yeah, I I, I, I know it's, it's still so in me, but I still I still know it's crazy. It's I know you, crazy. we know it in our minds intellectually. We know this is insane. It's like yeah, I'm like no, you know, our marriage is what it is, and I'm just grateful we're still together for whatever reason. And no, I don't ha- I don't need to feel one bit guilty about not being attractive to him. Who is to say? It's it's not your job. It's not it's not, it's not your job to be yeah. attracted to to no. any one particular person. No. Like it's like n- you weren't put no. on this earth to like be yeah. attracted to one specific person. Exactly. Like, it's like like it's just <laughs> but, but but we were led to believe that. In yeah, our, you were led to believe that. In yeah. Our, in our not uh, led to believe is putting it mildly, to be quite honest. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, forced. <laughs> for, yeah, forced to believe that our, our only purpose in life was to find one person attractive who someone else so picked for us is really, yeah, it's so damaging. And if you find anyone else attractive, like you're completely in the yeah. wrong. Yeah. What, it's like, what the fuck? Yeah. It's like, who? yeah, so wrong. It's like so destructive to our souls. Yeah. Yeah, I I I I think so absolutely and I I yeah, I think just the more more time I spend outside of my my Mooney marriage the, like yeah. the more I realize just how bad 
Were you guys, were you attracted to each other in the beginning or? In the beginning, yes. Yeah. 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 I think a lot um, of second generation are somewhat attracted to whoever they agree to marry because it's a little bit different, right? Yeah. But who is to say? I mean, God, we grow as people and yeah, yeah, we grow and we change. And um yeah, it was yeah, I, I just think that yeah. I have a lot of problems with 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 what we were forced to endure. Yeah, I bet um, you did. And all your siblings the same. Yeah, it's a lot. Dang. Yeah, yeah. And your parents didn't know any better either. That's what they were brainwashed to believe. Yeah. And think and you know, it's hard to give it up. And I realize a lot of couples who, a lot of people who are still in the church, is how can they leave? Yeah, it's it's when hard. they raise their children and they taught their children a certain way. It's like, yeah, kind of. In a way, though, they're being chicken a little bit or they're being selfish a little bit because it really takes a lot to leave. Yeah, I, I think so. I, I think a lot of people would like I think deep down, a lot of people probably kind of know that there's something wrong here. But it's like the, they're, they're too scared to really, to yeah. really examine that because mm-hmm. of, of the ramifications that it would have mm-hmm. for, for their life mm-hmm. and to basically mm-hmm. admit that you were duped. Yeah. How do you uh, do that? How, how yeah. do you, when you already raised your children, you basically force them to um sorry that's right force them to um i don't I tried to get that off. that's right force them to you know go get go to the blessing get matched you know yeah. have kids like it's the only value of your house and life and is to you know have babies and be yeah. with that one person forever and yeah yeah how it's very hard to leave so your parents did leave uh sort of yeah kind, sort of, yeah. kind of yeah a little bit it's they some, sometimes yeah. sometimes yes sometimes no depending on depending on how you yeah depending on what day of the week it is yeah exactly uh, yeah kind of no. like, <laughs> yeah it's not uh, easy but i know that they both have this 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 idea that you mentioned earlier of like it was it was all good once and then yeah. it went and then it went off the rails yeah. they still you they almost still have, have to that. believe that after yeah. all this time you almost have and i And that's fine. I think it's fine to believe that. I think that's the only way a lot of people can survive. But yeah, it's more liberating when you can just face the truth. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And I'm I'm hoping some first generation people listen to this and they hear your story and and it helps them to face that truth. Because I I I just feel like it could, you know, maybe it's difficult for them to yeah you know, to hear it from someone like me or some of the other second generation. But for someone like you who like Mm -hmm. hopefully people will. I hope so. Peace and similarities in like how you joined, but then also like why you left and how you left. And I just, yeah, I'm, I'm hopeful that, that someone yeah. will hear that. And it'll I hope resonate so because it's quite the journey and, and it's fine to hold on to your belief. There's no judgment if you do or you don't do. But from my personal experience, it's very liberating and very freeing to just get to the core of it. Yeah. And that it was bad from the beginning. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of proven now, right? Through all the documents that are out there. Yeah, and like, yeah, and this is the thing: if you don't think it's core, it's it's bad. It's like bad to the core. Then tell, like, think, draw a line in the sand and say, "I need to see X to yeah. to believe that this is yeah. that this is bad." And if you can't draw the line in the sand, then what does that say about the decisions that you're making? Right, uh, right. And then if there if the, if the line is if there is that line in the sand, then stick to it. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. If you see evidence that the line has been crossed, then you, you should know what to do. You should um, know what to do. Yeah. 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 But that's a very difficult thing for people to yeah, do. Yeah. And it's kind of sad because it's like, oh, the principle's good still, but there is corruption in the Moon family. The principle was made up. Reverend Moon didn't even make up the principle. It's, it's, yeah. I know, right? like, it's, let's get real. <laughs> he he stole the ideas from some other yeah, Korean guy. Exactly. Uh, and, like, come on. And, and yeah, and <laughs> I also think like you have if you're really going to go down that road, then you also have to. Okay, so look, let's say let's say let's say we're going to believe in it for a second. Well, okay, let's think about like where it came from okay so it came from like moon moon talking to some other korean dude and basically stealing his ideas which were then based on the bible right yeah, so then right. you have to you have to go back and say okay like are we were we, i mean this is a whole other topic but like are we really gonna like make our decisions based on a based on this book yeah and like yeah. why this book versus versus like the quran or something like that right, why right. why that what like what, what that's that's like the foundation of it but why are you choosing that what's the what's the provenance of it do you why are you giving it any credence yeah Um, totally it's like yeah if you really examine it it's like yeah it's like uh (laughs) (laughs) i feel like it's um trying to think like what's the analogy it's like you're saying you believe in like I, I it's it's there's a comic book analogy here somewhere it's like okay. you believe in like the you believe in like the marvel cinematic universe uh-huh. because uh-huh. it's based on the comic books <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah we're so like really you're, it's yeah. you believing something because it's based on a comic book like okay like right. I, I, that's kind of how i feel about this whole Layer, yeah. layers of yeah. theology here like, it's like yeah what's it's the like, actual foundation like yeah um it's like the whole conspiracy movement too same thing and that's another cult that i went deep down into not oh a lot. really okay oh, I never, interesting. my kids wouldn't allow me to oh okay <laughs> they're like mom stop it right now <laughs> stop thinking and doing that and they was was that recently well i've always been a little bit like attracted to the conspiracy theory because it's different being a moony is different so it's all you know mm. so you're always looking for what's different out there yeah. i could never go for what's normal you know yeah always like what a little bit on the edge kind of gave me a thrill tell you the truth about okay. it okay okay it gives you that thrill like yeah. oh i know because in the church we were yeah, always you, taught, and you live from the principle that i know something you don't know you know a secret truth yep i know the messiah it's on this earth yeah and you don't know it and i had to come to the deep realization that gave me a thrill yeah so then it's like okay it's really because i like really like to have fun in life i'm very adventurous so if i put that energy into that i'll be okay but if Mm. not so i have a few friends who are deeply into the conspiracy theories my ex-chiropractor was and he was very influential in my life um And they're deep into the conspiracy theory. And then with the COVID, oh my God, thank God I stopped doing that because it's very sad. Very, very sad. A lot of people have gone completely bananas there. Bananas. Yeah. Yeah, And that's another cult. That's another. Yeah, absolutely. 100% cult. People have 
you know, their lives have been destroyed because yeah. um, they're again believing it, and they always say, "What? Well, something really important is coming next." Yes. Yeah. You gotta and wait a- and see, or if you give this much money, it will unlock the next secret. Yeah, and that's exact. And we saw that in the Moonies all the time. The goalposts always moved, always moved. Give this much money. Yeah. You know, this will happen, or yeah. Yeah, yeah. We now reach this level of spiritual significance, (laughs) and the the next year it's another level of spiritual significance. Yes, another one, another one that never ends because it's bad from the core. Yeah. Yeah. That's the bottom line. You know, it's it's. The people aren't bad, but the whole movement itself is bad from the very beginning. Moon never had any good ideas. Yeah, and his personality. One year, I remember hearing him speak in New York like 10 times. I was like always in the front row, never fell asleep. I'm like, he's so amazing. Then I thought, well, what actually did he say? Couldn't understand it anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think yeah. so? I was talking to so we should wrap up soon, but I yeah, actually that, that kind of that kind of brings me to a question. Um, do you think he was charismatic? You know, I thought that because I know a lot of people never saw that in him, but something because my husband never thought he was. My husband thought, "Oh my God, he's an idiot," but I thought he was for long time because I would sit in the front row and he would just like draw you in so he had that energy to him and he would be putting down Americans but yeah I would be like yeah yeah we're so bad in the back row people would be falling asleep I'm like how can you fall asleep the messiah is speaking mm. you know I was so judgmental so black and white you know thank god i'm not like that anymore <laughs> but yeah yeah because yeah. i i, I could never see it i've I've, yeah. I've 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 watched tapes of him and i just mm-hmm. i just don't i just never i never saw the yeah. charisma he just always seemed like a shouty angry old man yeah basically. yeah always shouting always doing this and that but, but i realized too that's a korean nature too Okay. Okay. And and I I only saw him like at the end of his career, pretty much. So yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't. I don't know what it was like when he was. Yeah. This was younger. when he was probably younger, and yeah, he he was charismatic at the certain when he would speak like that. I don't know. Maybe it's because I believed he was Messiah, and I wanted to yeah. see that. Who knows? Who Who knows? Okay, but but you experienced it as charismatic. Yeah, I experienced okay. it as charismatic and him really caring for me, really loving me. That's why um, when I read the book, I, it was so hard for me to totally leave because it's like, this is one person who really cares. He doesn't give a fuck about me. He mm-hmm. he took my firstborn away yeah. from me. Really, he did. But at that time, I'm he, he loves me. And again, that whole fantasy that you believe in, you know, that yeah. he's a messiah yeah messiah can do no wrong what a fucked up family he has too jesus yeah it's a shit show it's an absolute shit show that family anyway i know we need to wrap up but i just want to say thank you i hope someone gets something from this in the sense that it's very freeing to totally just face the truth Mm -hmm. that's great but it's it's not easy took a lot 
but man, it's very liberating. Yeah, that's great. I'm, I'm really glad you mentioned that. And that's just, I feel yeah. like that's such a good, a good message. Mm-hmm. And thank you for sharing that for yeah, sure. sharing your whole experience and for zooming into that particular point. Yeah. It's, it's great. Um, yeah. The corruption is deep and wide in the church and still is to this day. Yeah. 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 Very corrupted. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, thank you, Elgin. Yeah, no, this has been fantastic. Thank you so yep. much. Um, so I'm going to put, uh, yep. uh, I'm going to, I'm going to hit stop. I'm going to, oh, excuse me. I'm going to hit stop recording, but we'll keep the session okay. open. Okay. Wrap up. But thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you. Hey, okay, as I'm recording this, my neighbor's kids are um, screaming at each other. So if you can hear that, apologize. Hey, it's life when you do this shit. From home, got a little bit to say about this episode. So first of all, I think Teresa's extraordinary candor was really amazing to hear, and I hope it's amazing for you to hear as the audience really just so refreshing to hear from someone of the generation that joined the church who's willing to acknowledge what happened to them and willing to take account for it and willing to use the opportunity of a full accounting to then properly move on with their life. It's really extraordinary, and I've yet to speak with another so-called first-generation member who's counted for it in the way that Teresa has. So thank you, Teresa. I also want to say I made a mistake (laughs) with the dates of my brother's birth. That is on me. So my brother was actually born in 89, not in 88. So maybe he was in less danger of getting given away than I thought when I did this recording, but everything you heard on the recording was genuine. I genuinely thought at the time that he was born in 88, but then when I called him up after the recording to tell him what had happened and that he had almost been given away. He was like, dude, I was born in 89. <laughs> so <laughs> yes, I made a mistake there. Uh, I'm eternally uh, sorry to my brother for screwing that one up, but everything you heard on the table about the emotion in that moment is real and raw and uncut. And as I've been working my way through this season, I felt like I wanted to make room for whatever was going to unfold. And what I mean by that is you, when you're doing a podcast, a a better podcaster than me, use the analogy of you're, you're driving a train while you're building the railroad tracks. So you don't really know where it's going to go. And I didn't really know where this was going to go this season. And I wanted to account for whatever was going to unfold. And to me, it seems like the biggest thing unfolding right now is the situation in Japan and I think that's its own entity that deserves its own place and I think thought needs to be given particularly I would like to give thought to how to best collaborate with people in Japan and in other countries to make everything that we're doing known and compatible across geographies and across languages And that's going to take time to figure that out, to figure that process. But when it's done, that means that the knowledge multiplies in its 
applicability to many new places, places where it could be sorely needed. So I couple the desire to figure out how to optimize that, to scale the translation of this into other languages and the distribution in other languages as well. I couple that with this conversation with Teresa and makes me think that that was a beautiful place to end season three. Instead of trying to figure this out as I go, I want to take a little break and I can think of no better way to end this season than with this interview with Teresa. So that means that this is the end of the final episode of season three of Falling Out. There may be some little bonusy episodes coming around here and there. Who knows? I, you know, stranger things have happened. But I want to take a step back and figure out how to do this topic justice internationally in a way that's not being done now. So this is it for season three. I'd like to thank all of my guests this season. They have all been incredible. I'm so fortunate and so grateful to have had such wonderful conversations with everyone. I'd like to thank the folks who've helped around here, to Teddy Hose for the graphic design, to Luciana Strait for the amazing portraits. And I'd like to thank you, the listener, for being there, for the feedback that I've gotten through various channels. It all means so much to me. I'd like to thank the people that are supporting this show financially on Patreon. If you'd like to do so, please feel free. Patreon.com slash fallingoutpod. I will be very active behind the scenes while I'm not publishing, so if anyone would like to contact me, I would love to hear from you about whatever topics you think are relevant, including places you think this show should go, including how you think this can be scaled internationally. I could also use an extra pair of hands in terms of editing, transcribing, um, uploading, all this sort of stuff. Once I figure out the process, I need someone to help me execute on the process. So if you're interested... Um, and particularly if you have experience with a program called Descript, I'd love to hear from you. And again, thank you, the audience, for being here with me through this journey. I hope, I hope you've laughed. I hope you've cried. I hope you've gotten fucking angry. And I hope you've healed by listening to this. And if there are any more Bruces out there, and you want to start waving your fingers... Wave them at me, Elgin Straight, because I'm the one who produced this. I'm the one who records it. I'm the one who does the music. I'm the one who does the editing, publishing, etc. You want to point any fingers, point them at me. And I would also, on a final note, I would love, 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 love to say hi to all all of the current Unification Church leadership who I know are listening to this show. Yes, that is a thing that I have heard. Hi, motherfuckers! See you next time. <laughs>